Welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight we have Premature Extrapolating Edition. <laughs> I'm going to prematurely extrapolate every move that will happen in the offseason based solely on what happened last night. And much like every other activity I do prematurely, everyone involved will be disappointed except for me. <laughs> um, Josh the Vanilla Gorilla here with J-Mac and Kyle Beats. What's up, boys? Dude, I don't even feel like I could say anything after that. You, you just outdone me once again. <laughs> yeah, how do you follow that? What are we supposed to say? <laughs> I, I have to uh, beat my fat energizer bunny one, and I, I will do it someday. Okay. All right. <laughs> I keep expecting these intros to fall off at some point. Like the, I thought you hit your apex with the Clinton cream cu- puff capella, but yeah. <laughs> continue to impress. Yeah, it it's really can't miss radio every time. So it, <laughs> Whenever anything, I get kicked off this show for my bad takes, I'm hoping that you'll just bring me in for the intro. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope that's the deal. We'll just record a bunch of them, and we'll just use them over and over again. So <laughs> I think <dang> it. <laughs> well, it's been a, a crazy, like, I don't know, when, when did we last record? A couple of days ago. And it feels like yeah, the whole so- landscape has shifted three or four times. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, we recorded after game three, right? So, yep. it was 2-1. Raptors, we were all just, I would say, relatively certain, extremely confident that Warriors were going to tie that thing up. Yep. And, I mean, that's just clearly not what happened. But, yeah, a lot a lot has uh, rocked the NBA landscape since then. Yeah, it's at 3-2 right now. I mean, I, I, I really feel like it's one of those things where they're headed back to Oakland now. It's the last game at Oracle. I mean... They're going home. They just dropped two at home. I can't imagine they're going to drop the third. And it feels like Toronto is scared of a Game 7 situation, which, to be honest, I wouldn't blame them in that case. No, I mean, you certainly, when you're down 3-1, you don't want to, you don't anticipate ever being in a Game 7 situation. Uh, I think that it's very telling of, just look at the demeanor and the energy that was in that crowd last night, dude. After the game, dude, Ooh. it was the air and life was sucked out of that place. They were like, "Oh shit, <laughs> we just got Golden State and we just got Splash Brother." That's what it feels like. Yep. Yeah. And they there did. was definitely some premature uh, celebrating yeah. going on in that in that stadium. It happened midway through the second quarter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it just sure did. But it. Yeah. Really- Classless. It, it felt like with six minutes to go, we'll get we'll get to that in just a second. But it felt sure. like whenever they went on that little ten point run there and started to pull things. I mean, they. I mean, Toronto trailed for most of the game, and whenever they went on that little run and got ahead there at the end, I think the place was electric for a second, and then all of a sudden, Golden State turned into themselves and. And then Nick Nurse called a timeout. Yeah, <laughs> that's Dude. the other thing. Why oh, the worst timeout? I don't like to criticize coaches on timeout calling. Although I think I did. Uh, I did criticize someone previous round, but I usually like to think that NBA coaches know more than me unless their name's like Tyron Lue or David Fisdale. And that was one of the worst timeouts that made absolutely no sense. Do you have the context for Josh? Because it was like, what, three and a half minutes left, give or take? Yeah, Kyrie Kyrie had literally just went on a 10-0 run. Or not Kyrie, Kawhi went on a 10-0 run by himself. Full Terminator mode. Yeah, By himself, (laughs) yeah. And they had just gone up and then Nick Nurse called a timeout. I don't know... I don't know why he did. I don't know what he was doing. He so killed you, his he own run. Timeout <laughs> when they, they had taken the lead at that point, Josh. Yes. Yeah, they had just taken the lead. They had taken the lead and scored and scored a basket. He yeah. like called the timeout on the basket that took a, took the lead. I like. I mean, there's just no excuse for that. And that's your boy. Like you've been you've been backing up Nick Nurse, and he's been making great adjustments. I mean, you've been backing him up, rightfully so. But but boy, that's, yeah, that's that, really bad. He literally killed his own run. He killed yeah, his I own mean, run. It, he did roll out a crazy defense that I think Jeff Van Gundy called a triangle and two. And when he said that, I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard I've of heard that. Box and one. I don't know. Triangle yeah. two is new to me. Yeah. But it was like this pseudo zone where they were sticking. They had Fred Van Vliet on on uh, Steph Curry, who's done an awesome job all year on Steph Curry. And I think they had Siakam on Clay. I want to say. Yeah. Um. So it was. It was. It was a really good defense, but I it was it was weird, and it, I I liked it. He played it for like two possessions and then switched back. I think he was kind of holding that back. That's the but, thing uh, that they don't do though is that they they do in little bit in pockets is that if you try to isolate, you say you take try to take Boogie out of that game, you know, just mug Boogie down as much as you can and try to get him yeah. out of that game, right? Like that's what Toronto just couldn't continue to do. It's like they'd start to do it and then they'd back off of it, and it's like God, you're. 
you're getting there, but you're just not quite turning that corner. And then weird things like that are happening, and it's just strange, you know? It's it's honestly, I kind of like it just because that team, when it settles into a rhythm, are pretty impossible to stop. So I kind of like just like continue to just shock them with like new defenses and continue just exactly. throw new stuff yeah. at them. But, but I don't like taking a timeout after a 10-0 run by no. one player no. and taking the lead. I don't think I've ever seen that. At, and I'm talking like, let's go back to like middle school basketball. I, I don't think I've ever seen that in that type of situation. <laughs> right. Uh, I also but, love that Golden State played good enough defense to know in that moment to force the ball into Lowry's hands because they knew he would miss that shot. He's not that kind of player. It's not like it's Steph or Clay. Yeah, that's why I text you. I trust Donald. I trust Donald Trump more than Kyle Lowry. Like yeah. least <laughs> least trustworthy guy. Like I would have put that shot on the rim. I promise it wouldn't hit the fucking back oh, side of the backboard. No, for sure, for sure. Like, I I rather. I think I text you or uh, another group. I was just ranting last night because I was. I had a lot of emotions uh, for non-monetary reasons, of course. Uh, <laughs> Naturally. Kawhi taking a fadeaway from 30 is a better look than that to me, and I mean that and wholeheartedly. And I'm not going to criticize Kawhi because he made the right basketball play. He got doubled. He made the LeBron type of play, right. and that's something I've always defended LeBron for. But Josh pointed this out, I believe. If you go back and watch the tape, all the defenders – or th- four defenders – are on one side of the court. I mean, the defensive spacing is terrible. So there is the option to not kick it to that side and go back the other direction. Isn't that what you saw, Josh? So they had Steph. Yeah, they had Steph. There were four defenders on the left side. There was uh, Kawhi's defender. Iggy came to help. And then you had two defenders on. That was Lowry in the corner. And I think he passed it to Siakam, who passed it to Lowry. And then you had Danny Green and one other guy on the other side of the um, court. I think that might have been Marcus Gasol. I'm not sure exactly who it was on the other side of the court with only Stephen Curry guarding them. Like Kawhi made the right play and the get, get the ball out of your hands when you're getting doubled, but he didn't make the right play and passing to the right person. Correct. He should just kick to Danny green. And then it was, and then it was a wide open three. Like, and even if Steph Curry closes out on that, Danny green has enough elevation and enough height to know that he can shoot over out or shoot over a person, a Steph Curry that even arrives on time. Yep. So like, I'm trusting that. So, it was. It goes back to like I've been saying it for a long time, and Kawhi has really done exactly a great job. I was about to say you've been yeah. calling this. This is yeah. why he's not the best player in the world yet. Right, right, and he's done a good job of like honestly, he's been sharing the ball really well Correct. and making players better. But he he doesn't have the LeBron James make the exact right play, put the ball in the shooter's right. pocket at the right moment when it's big time on the line. Correct, exactly, yeah. and that it's been exposed in this series for sure. His assist numbers are up in the playoffs in this series, but a lot of that is also because his guys have been hitting shots. Yeah. Uh, but that, to me, is what it's going to take for Kawhi to be the best player in the world is to just take – I don't even think it's basketball IQ because I think that guy understands the game of basketball really well and how to like control a game. Uh, I heard that – Bill Simmons made a really good point about how uh, you know Kawhi has that innate ability to really control a game yeah. with or without the ball in the hands. But when he senses it, like spider senses kick in, and he he's phenomenal. But to go to that next level to be the best player in the world, he needs to be able to make the right play all the time and put it right in the pocket of those guys. Dude, at the end of the day, like unless you guys disagree with me, I want Danny Green taking a big three-pointer over Kyle Lowry. He's a better shooter, and he's been in bigger games. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, I trust open. him way more. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't have any problem with that. Just because Pop threw him to the side, I mean, he kept him around forever. I mean, he's I, yeah. I, mean, I, just think that Kawhi I just kind of panicked a little bit, made the wrong decision. Yeah. I don't sure. think it was a conscious. I'm giving it to Lowry, and, or I'm giving it to Pascal instead of Danny Green. I think he just panicked a little bit because he had saw he had two big defenders on him. Let's do this though. Before we just go all out on Game Five, let's back to let's talk about Game Four because we we had only watched three games when we spoke last time. And just kind of talk about what we saw there. Because to me, that was – I mean, last night, I guess, was surprising. It was more entertaining to me. Last night was just great entertainment great for the basketball. NBA. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Game four, though, was honestly shocking to me. I don't ever remember Golden State losing back-to-back home games in the playoffs. Maybe no. in back-to-back home games for – you know, even in the regular season. And it's the way they lost. Like, they were dominated in that game. Yeah. Absolutely dominated. Because they had, what, a four-point lead at halftime, I think? Yeah. And Toronto had played as bad as they could possibly play, and I was like, this is a problem. They should be up by 20 points right now. Yeah. So Clay sat in game three, right? 
Right. Yeah. Okay. So right. that was the bounce back after that, and he looked fine. That he looked night too. actually better than I expected, especially like we said on the offensive end. Like you can tell, defensively he's still playing well, but he's to me he doesn't look a hundred percent on the defensive end. Yeah. No, I agree with that, and I, I think part of what we're seeing too, and Josh has been talking about this for a while, is that you can get say you get thirty points a pop out of your combination of the Splash Brothers, right? So you've got 60 points. You need 40 more, give or take, you know, 10. Who else are you getting those points from? So you got to rely on Boogie Cousins to have a good night. And that's been hit or miss because Boogie's fine, but he's just not healthy. He's, not healthy. he's, just he's not. not healthy, yeah. Yeah, and like I, we don't even know what healthy really looks like for Boogie because of the injuries that he's had in the past two years. And so to Josh's point, you know, people like Iguodala – are really, really important in these series. And, I mean, Sean Livingston sure isn't what he used to be. So, I mean, they've really had to rely on that, and it just feels like they're not getting the scoring that they need at the end of the yeah. day from the uh, the people that are not in the backcourt. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Livingston really is probably the most – he's the he's downgraded his skill set. His skill set has been downgraded the most since last finals. Yeah. Like, he, he's really oh, been a sure. pretty important part of – each of the last three finals, even four, four finals. finals. Yeah. Four finals. Yeah. I mean, really that whole run. Cause it's just part of that bench that they had. And, and I mean, and you honestly, remember too, like, Oh, sorry. I'll, I just want to bring no, this okay. last Go thing ahead, up. Man. Um, the last, you got to remember too, like even in last night's game, like Kevin Durant gave him 11 points before he went out, you know? And right. so like, that's important. That's just 10 points of those, you know, extra 40 that you're, your front court doesn't have to get. So it's important there too. Right. The rotations are panicking a little bit. And you saw that in game four, game four was the first time that Iggy played over 30 minutes since he got hurt in series number. Was that two or one of this, of this playoffs? It was the first time he played over 30 minutes. He played 37 minutes and he went one for six. So it's, um, I, Steve Kerr is really feeling the thinness of his bench. He has Draymond playing 41, Clay playing 42, and Stephen Curry playing 41. And that was in – that was this last game, and that was with another 11 minutes from Kevin Durant. You're not going to get moving forward. So I think that they're feeling the thinness of their bench, and that was what was able to keep Iggy at 30 minutes instead of 37 minutes. They're feeling it right now because the previous teams couldn't really punish them for that. Correct. Toronto's punishing yeah. them for that. Yep. Dude, in, in game four, what really shocked me was the Warriors' defense was really bad. Really I mean, bad. There was times where – and I'll give credit to Toronto because their ball movement was like Spurs-like. It was, incredi- it was incredible. And they, they have just all the subtle right moves of like a little pump fake and just making shots easier on guys. But you're just not used to seeing that from Golden State. I know I'm certainly not because I've watched every NBA Finals game for the last four years with LeBron in it. and. They're not getting they're not getting those kind of looks. So no. you know, kudos to the Raptors' offense, but the Warriors' defense. I mean, if they're going to come back in this series, it's going to have to be elite. It's going to have to yeah. be much better. And they scored ninety two points in Game Four. I can't remember the last time they scored less than ninety two at Oracle in the playoff game. Yeah, so they're going to need that, to be that in and of much, itself is shocking, right? I mean, it's shocking. I mean, they didn't have more than twenty five points in a quarter, and I mean that's something Clay's able to do by himself in certain games, you know. So, but thinking right. about all of that put together, it just makes you think that Game Six and back in Golden State, like that. I mean, there's the realistic possibility that you just don't have the personnel to do it because of injury. But on the other side of that, you got to think about them, you know, doing one for KD or however you want to look at that. That emotional side of it, all that stuff. You got to think that they're not going to do that again at Oracle. I mean, that game four was abysmal. They're going to have to shoot really. It was, dude. They're going to so to win game six. They're going to have to shoot really, really well from three, as they did last night. Right. That's kind of that's going to be. I mean, right. Not breaking news. You have the Splash Brothers, three pointers, your X factor. But more so now than ever with the the lineup thinness and the you can't get Kevin Durant to ISO or bail you out of certain possessions. They're gonna have to. Sh- they're gonna pull a lot of threes. They're gonna pull 35-43s in they're game six, and they're gonna need to hit probably forty-five percent of them, forty-eight percent of them. And you're gonna need someone like Quinn Cook high. to also step up too. Somebody like that. I mean, I, I right, dude. Quinn Cook had that really big shot last night, though, in game five. He did. I mean, he just, dude, that was a cocky ass three that he pulled, and then he made a, a play on the defensive end on the next possession. So maybe that's a guy that you need. You give more minutes. You just like. I think you're making the point, though, Justin. Like, you need a, a Quinn Cook or 
a Livingston or McKinney, like uh, like a really far down the bench guy to give you good quality minutes and go for maybe 15 points. Yeah. Those guys that should be really far down the bench but are now sixth man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's that's like, what good teams do, though. I mean, if you could make it work, that's the whole point of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, I So I originally had said that or I, I tweeted out before the game, the longer this series goes, the worse it is for Toronto. And that was with me under the assumption that Kevin Durant was going to get more healthy and more healthy. I, I, as a matter of fact, said, I think that you let 80% Kevin Durant get his this game and just key on Steph and cut off Steph. Um, unfortunately, what happened to Durant did happen, but I think that it's it's still the same thing in that the longer this series goes, the worse it is to, for Toronto. Toronto needs to go out and close it out on game six because if they go back to Toronto in game seven, in I don't trouble. think you're going I don't think you're going, hey, we're going home. We're gonna go win this game. You have to be unbelievably mentally mentally strong and not have that kind of doubt creep in your mind after you just went down after you just dropped two in a row when you're up three one, you know so yeah. I think that if they're going home to Toronto, they're going, Oh crap! We've blown a lead, and now we're tied. <laughs> yeah, this is bad space. against the best, yeah. one of the best teams of all time. Like that is right, exactly. something that's really hard to grapple with, regardless of the home home environment, regardless of that. And we said I don't it think before the series. I will have that mindset, though. Do you? I mean, I don't know if it was programmed into his brain by his maker. Fair, <laughs> fair. Um, My no, sister texts me today. She goes. Is Kawhi a sociopath? <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm friends with him. Like, hold up, let me ask. Let me, let me, let me do some research. Yeah, let but me call Woj real quick and find that out. Was funny as hell because, like, yeah, actually, I think he might yeah, be. I mean, there's, there's some portion of that for sure. Go I on. honestly really love Kawhi because I love that like somebody that's socially awkward as him can be a great NBA player. I love that. I, and I like that he owns it too. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm having a hard time getting attached to him during the finals because I want Golden State to win this this series, but I feel like when I look back on it retrospectively, I'm going to fucking love Ka- uh, Kawhi even more than I already 100% agree. And yeah, I mean, yeah. dude, he's catapulting himself into all-time status already. Like, yeah. if they win this finals, it's not crazy that he makes our all-time top 30 players. Dude, he's already on the list. I was thinking about that today of where the hell I'm going to put him and what that's I mean, going to be. He's the best defensive player ever, in my opinion. Yeah. At least on ball hey real quick on those three-point numbers because i was emphasizing that and then i pulled it up so just want to give you guys these numbers for perspective of why i think the three-pointer is going to be huge in game six so games three and four at oracle golden state was 20 for 63 from threes that's about 31 percent. that's really bad for them at home i mean that's really bad last night josh they were 20 for 42 yeah. Oh God. That's what, like forty-seven percent. Oh yeah. What a drastic what's bad though. This this is what's bad about that stat or scary about it. They were twenty for forty-two. The Raptors were eight for thirty-two, and they won by a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You you can't rely on you shooting twenty-three percent better from threes every game. Right. You know, and the fact you only won by a point. Granted, there's a lot there's a lot of weird stuff going on there because I think if KD plays twenty-seven. 28 minutes and stays in the game they probably win that game by double digits the way it was feeling in the second quarter yeah yeah i, I, I definitely agree with that i also had a really bad game i mean for yeah, him why did he was like nine for 24 from the field i think right nine for 24 yeah. and shot two for seven from the three-point line i mean they had him uh, defensively locked down the entire game pretty much i mean he, they did. he was he, he had five turnovers yeah draymond defended the shit out of him yeah. i mean I mean, and he was versatile all over the place. Draymond doesn't look like he had a great game either, but his defensive prowess that night was incredible. It really was. Yeah, dude, he's he's unbelievable. But without KD on the court, he can't just be the defender, right? Like he's got to have he's got to have a good offensive game, and he's got to have more than. Um, actually, excuse me, I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong column. He had eight assists last night, but I never felt like he had an, any type of offensive presence apart from whenever he pushes the ball, right. making those passes. So. Um, yeah, he, you, it's just like, one of those things where, like, to the naked eye, you kind of just forget about him, you know, yeah. and, like, that's that's not what you're looking for out of him. Until he gets a text. He's at six texts now, dude, by the so way. That, so he's one more, he's suspended, which is a big deal because it is Dre. And, I mean, even though I think he's coming around on all of us and he's really, you know, matured I, or been more professional in this playoffs. Yeah. He yes. reacted poorly last night. And yeah, but they, I mean. Scared. You get yourself into that six technical. It was a bad call, actually. I thought he was had it the was. right to react that way, but you're Draymond. So when yeah. you act that way, you're probably going to get teed up, and then you're fueling the crowd. And I know that's easy for us to retroactively say that, and 
in the moment, the emotions are flowing, but you know, you, you get paid $20 million to control your emotions in those situations. Right. That was stupid of him for a veteran leader to do. Correct. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you're Draymond. I don't care if you're anybody. If you're a veteran leader who right. is the heart and soul of this team, you should not get a tech when you're trying to stave off a run. Agreed. Do Regardless of what the call is. Do you guys feel like this comes back to screw him at all in this series? No. I don't, it's one I more think, tech, it will. Yeah, well, that's well, yeah. what I'm asking. Do you think that it ultimately comes back around to screw him? I don't know. No, I don't think he gets a, a seventh tech. Yeah, uh, I, he cannot let that happen. He knows. Not, you know, I'm not historically a Draymond guy by any means. I think that's well documented, but yeah. I think he's at a point in his career where he 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 knows he has six, right? Like, right. Yeah, he, he knows, knows that they can't afford to lose him. You're gonna see his eyes get big and him his cheeks puff up, and he want he's gonna want to say something, but he's just gonna walk down to the other end of the court. Yeah, I think the NBA will do a job of protecting him too, though. Yeah, um, they have correct. to. The NBA has historically has been very very slow to either kick out or call that last foul on or call a tech on the person that's in trouble as long as they're a superstar. And Dre is a superstar. So I think that the NBA will give him a lot more leeway than agreed. agreed. And I don't know if he's going to run up against that, against that fence or not. You know, he might know that himself. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. That actually kind of brings transitions well to a point I wanted to make about the call against boogie on the moving screen. What were your thoughts there? Holy cow. It's a moving screen. It was definitely a moving screen. Setting a screen, which, Oh, by the way, Everyone fucking does that in today's NBA. The right. shit guys do is insane because I'm playing at the rec and people are, you know, you play at LA fitness, people are watching the NBA and they think they can just like, it's like Mike Allstott said a pick. It's like you took three <laughs> steps and extended your arms. That's not a pick, man. Yeah, like, that's not what that is. Yeah. You just don't, Dude, have- you don't call that in that situation right there because, you know, Boogie's a big, strong guy. Van Fleet got through it, man. Like it wasn't that bad of a, it wasn't just egregious where he knocked the guy over and it's like okay we have to call this right i thought that was a homer call and i i disliked it strongly i I haven't heard the name mike allstott in probably 20 years i was thinking the same thing people man (laughs) i guess not man (laughs) i was gonna Um, move past it but i was like i say mike allstott at least like 12 times a year because anytime (laughs) we're in a uh, bar or club scene past midnight where it's crowded Jess, I'll be like, all right, all stop mode. And she'll just like grab my arm and sl- slam me into like six, eight dudes that let her by and then just bow up on me. So, <laughs> yeah, I reference Mike all stop quite frequently. Most I think I've heard you do it before. Yeah, I think I've heard you do it before, actually. But it's a great yeah. reference, dude. It really is. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was a moving screen. Um, the Warriors commit, especially the Bogut out there, commit more moving screens than anybody I've seen. I didn't think that the refing was. So there's a difference between. I think I think that people think that bad refing is happening whenever people they're getting calls that are like that are like iffy or back and forth or you can be called a different way. What bad refing is is actually inconsistent. Right. And that was exactly. Last night yeah. they hadn't called it all night long, and then they made the decision to make to make the call in the last two minutes of the game when it was when the game was on the line. Right. Inconsistency is bad refing. Like letting that. them play is not bad refing. Calling it right. ticky tack is not technically Correct. bad refing as long as you're consistent throughout the entire game for both teams. Right. If you set that precedence early in the game, like, hey, we're calling it strict, or you boys are going to be able to play tonight. I'm just asking for that throughout the game, and I didn't catch this in the moment, so I'm not going to take credit for it. Uh, but I heard it on another podcast and went back and watched it. Mark Gasol on the final shot of the game. So Boogie commits the moving screen with like 15 seconds left, which was a a great opportunity for the Warriors to seal the game. They turn it over. Raptors get the ball back 15-ish seconds down one. On that last shot, when Kawhi passes it to, I believe, Siakam at like the elbow, three-pointer elbow, and then swings it to Lowry, under the basket, Draymond's trying to close out on Lowry. And Mark Gasol is literally like grabbing his jersey from behind. Like it would have been a flag in football. Oh, yes, Jeez. I remember this. It was fucking crazy, dude. Yes. Like, I think it was Ryan Rosillo said it, and then I went back and watched it. I was like, how did that not get called? Yeah, just picking his pockets, man. Just Because the rest there. are humans, and they're just like, oh, let's stare at Kyle Lowry. Is the shot going to go in? There's like <laughs> fans out there. It's like, oh, I'm watching what's happening under the basket. Also, On the, the two-minute report, they came out with, they mentioned that, and they said that they were going to call it, but then Lowry's shot was penalty enough for the Raptors, so they did not call it. Got it. Perfect. <laughs> I was going to say. I'm just playing. I didn't know. <laughs> Oh Dude, boy! To well, be that off, like he had a pretty good look at it too. Like he, he was really relatively did. open. Uh, but they knew that. Like that's what makes me laugh so much is they absolutely knew 
that that was not a concern. That's a risk they were willing to take. They were willing to throw away a championship on the fact that Kyle Lowry may not make it a basket. I love that. <laughs> As God. an NBA guard, you can't hit the side of the backboard right there. No. Dude, that was bad. That was really <laughs> bad. a three-point shooting guard because he's a good three-point shooter. He, yeah, I mean, he's a pretty good shooter. Yeah. Like, Ben Simmons would have probably given you a better look than that. I hope so. Or no, he would have just drove and time would have expired. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what that's he would have done. You got Josh would be like, he was about to make an incredible pass. You have no idea. <laughs> He's going Sorry. rover. Well, I should have gotten into him sooner. <laughs> He's going rover. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, man. So this KD thing, I guess we've Yeah, kinda... I was going to say, do we want to talk about this? Absolutely. So, I mean, Josh, do you want to start off with this? I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the honors. So where are we, we starting with um, whether or not he should have been playing? Yeah, That's so, a okay, so let's, we can talk about that. let's start with the fact that he played in one practice and they decided to get put him out there with no minutes restriction whatsoever. How do you feel about yeah. that? <laughs> um, it's tough, dude. I, I tweeted out, um, I don't think you can really, like, look at the history of players that are rushed back from uh, from injuries. Like Derek Rose, Gilbert Arenas, Penny Hardaway, Yao Ming, Greg Oden, dude, Kawhi last year was that was the reason why he was fighting with the Spurs because they were trying to rush him back after injury. Right. Um, KD this year, you know, so it's like you can't. It's hard to look at this incident and say there's nothing wrong with with the way the trainers react to NBA players getting hurt. But at the same time, Clay's probably playing hurt. Niggy's probably playing hurt. And Demarcus right. Cousins is playing hurt. Play, p- players play hurt all the time. I think that honestly, I don't want to put. I wouldn't put any any um, blame on the Warriors whatsoever no. if their freaking GM didn't go out there and do a flipping soap ap- opera acting job weird. at the press conference, trying to act like he was crying. That was bizarre, dude. Um, and that was almost like that made me feel like, dude, I don't trust this guy. I feel like he tried to shove KD on the court and is now That's trying what to act. That was Bob That's what that- felt guilty for. Forcing him to do something he wasn't ready for, knowing, yeah, KD's a grown man and can make that decision to say, no, I'm not going to play, but he knows how much of a competitor KD is, and he knows how bad he wanted to prove people wrong that they did need him, and he used that against them, I, I believe, to convince him to play well before he should have. I mean, yeah, that's a lot. But that, just sat up there. That's a lot of speculation, though, I feel like. that's Yeah, this is, sure. this is all speculation. This is all speculation. Just that's, that's, just, that's just my thought process, because yeah. I don't – if you have a torn calf – I don't think a doctor, because it's not the trainers making the calls here, no, right? Trainers get paid seventy grand a year. It's a doctor that gets paid very well that each team has. If mm-hmm. a doctor is not going to okay you to play with a torn calf after four weeks, yeah. There's also a difference between something that doesn't show up M- MRI torn though, like it's it's melted or it's gone back together, versus something that's actually healthy and is ready to take the type of strain that the calf is right. put on. I, I went back and looked at like every instance that I could find of KD video um, and of all the tweets. I looked through thousands of tweets and thousands of uh, I read a couple of different um, um, doctors and their their like opinions of KD. And it was like I say thousands, like hundreds. And it was like you there were vi- there was video of him. And after game three, when the Warriors were going back to the locker room, there's video of him with a ice pack on his ankle, dude. It's not on his calf. The Warriors also looked into all their tweets, all their press conferences. They always said calf. They never said muscle. I think that he might have originally torn his Achilles, and they were just saying – or partially torn his Achilles. I was going to say he partially calf. torn it because he yeah. wouldn't have been able to do what he did last night on a no. torn Achilles. But maybe he had a partial tear there, and did it turn into a, a full tear or, God forbid, a rupture where it basically just exploded? Right. And really what he did was he made – three spot up shots. And the first time that he actually tried to make an athletic move, it, it tore again. Yeah. So it's, it's not like he was out there grinding or like driving past people or making pull up jumpers the entire night. It was like the first time that he tried to make an athletic move. It tore badly. I think that he was playing with a, with a pretty bad Achilles tear or at least a, a, a an Achilles tear. And a lot of those, you know, Achilles injuries are non-contact, which in both yeah. of his instances, the original, incident last night were essentially non-contact you know i maybe i'm going a little far there i i do think there was a behind the scenes conversation where bob myers was like hey man we really want you to play like i do think he sweet talked him whether he i don't want to i don't want to just say he like he totally bamboozled him but because at the end of the day katie'd be like no nah, man i'm not gonna fucking play i'm hurt i i like, don't know dude i i think though but, i 
I get what you're saying, and that makes sense. The the one thing that really leads me to agree with you in, in that case was the way that Steve Kerr was like, I don't know, talk to Bob Myers. Like, yeah, that's, that's any the weirdest ever. He was like, I'm yeah. going to let Bob handle that conversation. Like, so, Steve, does that mean you weren't on board, man? Because right. that's what it like, kind of fucking sounds like. When, and, when does any GM have a press conference after after a game in the in the final? That just just weird, right? So, like, I definitely agree with you there. That. Yeah, so Never, I definitely dude. like that. Definitely Never. leads me to believe that something is crying. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't want to speculate on that. I have no idea. I don't really care. That would like, fake me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really care. Um, but I think that like there's this. I feel like there's this inherent thing in KD that he's like he sees his elimination game here. Like if he thinks he can go help his team, he's gonna do it. Like that's just like that dude loves basketball. I think like I learned a lot about him from listening to Bill Simmons podcast with him, where he did six episodes with him. Yep. That dude just genuinely loves basketball, and I think like man, we've all been there where it's like God, I, I know I can get back out there and help my team. I need to get back out there, and you just you can talk yourself into fucking anything. And correct. I just I I don't know I, I I definitely think there's some weirdness going on there a little bit but I think ultimately he probably just wanted to get get out there and prove that hey this team does fucking need me I think that's very yeah. obvious because they do I think it's a agree yeah, I think it's a portion of both of them at the end of the day what has to happen is I think it's every single NBA player that gets hurt should be evaluated by both his team and then his own camp like Kawhi did. And I think that he should be the one that makes the decision. And I think that people should have more caution than even their, their coaches tell them to have man. When they're coming. Oh, for sure. What if, what if they just did like in the, they had like NBA doctors just straight, like no team affiliations and you had to go through, I guess you couldn't really force somebody to go to a certain doctor. No, like in theory, that's a great idea, but I don't know how you make that logistically work. I think Josh's idea is just easier to make happen because yeah. it's like, I'm going to go get my own third-party opinion. That's fair. Yeah, that's, and they're going to do that anyway. Correct. Yeah, people that are not in the NBA do that. We want a second opinion. Just go get a second right. opinion. That's you know, fair. Greg Oden was supposed to be the next Shaq, and he rushed himself back multiple times. Yeah. Yep. I will say, and I, it's been – I think pretty well documented on here and I know Josh is not, I'm not a big KD guy. I, I I've never particularly liked him and I didn't like the move. I respected the hell out of him for playing last night. And I'm not just saying that cause I feel bad for him. Cause I kind of do feel bad for him. I'm not just saying that because of what happened. I respected the hell out of it. When I got the alert that he's going to play, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is, yeah. this is what we want to see. This is how I said, I want to get to a game seven. This is how we're going to get there. Right. And so I, I respect, respect the, the hell playing. out of that. So, I mean, does this, that obviously leads to the question of the off season. And I think we have some differing opinions a little bit. We got into this a little bit today, but Josh, yeah. I mean, what do you think here? I mean, what does this change the landscape? Does this change his plans? I mean, what do you think? So I started off with the prematurely extrapolating edition. <laughs> and the reason why I started off with that is because this for me changes the, what's going to happen with the Warriors. It changes what's going to happen with the Celtics. It changes what's going to happen with the Pelicans. And it changes what's going to happen with the Knicks, most likely the Lakers. I think it changes a little bit of what Ky or Kawhi is going to do. I think that this is the most landscape-shifting injury I, I have ever seen coming into, into an offseason. For sure. I mean, it's the biggest injury we've seen in the finals that I can – in my lifetime, at least. Yeah. yeah. No um, doubt about a player it. of that magnitude who is approaching free agency. Like, ultimately, I was shocked. Like, I know, it. like, I, I realize everything that was on the table. We've been following this step by step for weeks and weeks and weeks. But it still shocked me that that happened. That, like, a Same. top 10 player of all time that we're witnessing in his prime went down like that is just hard to wrap your head around. It really is. Dude, it, it really is. And, you know, at the end of the day, look, I know Josh is going to kind of go into what he foresees happening potentially and how that can you know, not just change the NBA landscape, but really change the future for the Warriors, potentially. Let's be clear about this injury. I mean, he is probably not going to play basketball next season. Probably not. He would be smart not to. He would be smart not to. Or maybe come back, like, last 10 games and get ready for the playoffs if you're in a position to be, you know, to compete on a team and your doctors and everybody have cleared you. Maybe. But Still probably not. very realistically, he's going to be out of basketball for 10 yeah. months. Yeah. The doctors that I read today said in football, this is a six to nine month injury in basketball. It's on the short side of nine to 12 month injury. Really? Depending that, upon that. Yeah. Because that's so crazy. 
Yeah, the one the main guy that I really like a lot. Um, I can't remember his name, but uh, it's like Doctor Cho or something like that. He was a 15 year <laughs> football guy. He, he was a uh, a doctor in the NFL for 15 years. He said that the reason why that is is because you're changing your direction so much more on the basketball court that's true. and on a yeah. harder surface than you are in football. Yeah, you ca- you're, you're, you're coming downhill. Yeah, that's you, fair. You have, you have the give of the grass, and then really cleats are probably going to lock your give you more security than even a, a mid top shoe. Nobody plays in high tops anymore because you're not as ad, you're not agile enough. And then right. you can also tape ankles in football a lot too. And if you're playing like safety and you're coming downhill, not yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. And really, with if football, if you're a, like a straight line safety or a linebacker, you're putting pressure on your on your uh, Achilles via an explosion in your calf one time during a play, maybe two times during a play. If you make right. a change of direction in pursuit basketball, right, you're doing right. it every five seconds, right? That's true. That's fair. So they're saying short term, nine to 12 months. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's, he, let's see. say he, for the sake of our conversation, should we just say he's going to be out next season? Yes. Yeah. I think that's very fair. And he's I think that's probably the most, most accurate thing. Look at, I mean, look yeah. at Boogie. Boogie's a very similar situation, except for he tore his Achilles earlier than this. He should have waited too. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, he does not look very good right now. But um, so what you have is you have a guy that has a player option for $31.5 million, um, on a team that already has $120 million on the, on the books if he opts in. Mm-hmm. They have to re-sign Clay. And um, with, with him opting in, they have $120 million. That's at the luxury tax level already with no with no bench they have eight players i was about to say who's on the so eight right. total guys eight. on the roster so you got to give seven contracts out for probably a total of like 15 to 20 million so you're looking at if kd opts in you're probably closer to like 150 million total yeah and that's with mid-level exceptions and like waiver pickups and everything right like, that. like right. you're in deep luxury tax if he opts in with not a chance of competing because if he does opt in in order to sign clay even if you get clay to take um to take a a twenty million dollar pay cut, let's say that he takes or not a twenty million, but they say that he takes twenty million, which is about a fifty percent pay cut. Are you from talking what he about should, like are you talking be, about per year? Or are you talking about total? That's per year. Okay, he should be getting thirty five on the open market. Right, correct. Fifteen million dollar pay cut that he's taking. Right, so that puts them at twenty million into the luxury tax. For the first twenty million, you uh, pay about. Three dollars, three dollars per uh, per dollar that you dollar. go over. So that's sixty million right there. That brings us to eighty, except for that the Warriors are in the repeater offender, which is if you're in the tax luxury tax for three years in a row for the four prior years or three of the four prior years, you're in the repeater tax. That figure goes up to about three dollars and seventy five cents, averaged over twenty so million. They're paying seventy five million if they go paying seventy five million plus his twenty million. They're paying ninety five million. A but, year for Clay Thompson, and that's damn. I did not realize the tax was that serious. Yeah, yeah it's if you're repeater, it gets to bad. Justin's point though, and that's not even with signing the other guys. Do those owners give a shit about seventy five million? I don't think so. You can't like for it's ninety. It's going to be ninety million if you include, and that's okay. only if you get him to take. If that's right. only if you get him to take a let's call it hundred. Let's call it a hundred because that's probably a realer number. Okay, yeah. call it a hundred. Yeah, would you pay a hundred million for one year, or would you pay? Four years, a hundred million for LeBron. Like that's like LeBron's going to guaranteed one hundred sixteen million over but the next four years, and he's the fourth highest paid player. Right, in, right. But know. this is where my mindset's at, Josh, because you're a hundred percent right from like a a business standpoint. That a makes business sense. mathematics standpoint. But I'm also looking at it as like <clears throat> these investors that have shelled all this money out, these Silicon Valley guys, like homeboy with the push. His investments up four. 0.5 times as much. So it's up 450%. So my argument is if you sign Katie Opson, let's say that happens, you sign Clay, you go into the, let's say you even sign a nice another bench player, you go into this absurd luxury tax where you're paying 125 million next year. If they win another championship next year, that increases the value of the franchise probably by 500 million to a at billion. At least. Yeah, at least. So every championship, because they were valued at 800 million. Before they won championships, now they're at three point two. It's like so every championship you're getting is almost adding a billion to your your you know right. valuation. And not to but mention you thing, just though. spent one point four billion dollars to build a brand new arena in downtown San Francisco, which Privately also uh, I'm sorry, yeah, which also adds to your valuation of your franchise as well. So like I mean, yeah, it's it costs you money, but it's an asset in the longer term that immediately goes up in value. 
basically to Justin's so, point, these guys are pissing money, and I don't think 125 million terrifies them if they know they can compete for a championship. Especially if it's just for one can't. year. They well, can't for they can't with that team though. But they the, need and they're going to pay more than a hundred million because they not only have to resign Clay, they're going to have to fill out that roster with mid level exceptions, which puts them in them even more into the. What's the mid level exception? Mid level exceptions like four or five million. Four, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, eh. So what's going to end up Be happening ugly. is they're going to say, "Hey, we know we just came to you last year and asked you to pay a hundred million for this new co- or this new stadium, but we want you to pay it again for Clay." Um, and we're okay, probably well, not going to for a Okay, you're not paying four. You're not paying four billion dollars for Clay, though. Like, let's right. I'm talking about like we asked you to pay a hundred million last year, but we're going to ask you for another twenty million this year. Okay, I'm um, just putting up a bunch of people, and you're probably not going to compete for a championship. And they're going to say, "Well, could we still make it with the, to the playoffs without Clay and get all that extra money from the playoffs?" Yeah. Uh, then no, I'm not paying for him. I don't know if they make the playoffs without Clay. I mean, Steph Curry and Draymond Green will carry them to the playoffs. I just think Clay is the top 15 guy. Like, I think they can win a championship next year because we may see the landscape. Like you said, it, there's a lot on the – we have to see where things shake out, but guys could end up – and I don't want to dive into just wide open free agency because that's a topic for after the finals, but guys could end up in different places, and maybe the West doesn't look as stacked as it does now. Like, I definitely think you bring Steph Clay Dre back that that to. team can compete for a championship. You cannot and, let Clay walk out the door. You just can't from a marketing standpoint, a from a brand standpoint, dude. Like the Splash Brothers is everything. Okay. Like, I get what you're saying, Josh, because like Kevin Durant has all the leverage because he has the player option. Like okay. I totally get what you're saying. But I think Kevin Durant's going to take a guaranteed four-year deal because he doesn't know what his legs going to do. Right. For $178 million, why the fuck would you opt in to a one-year deal and have nothing after that than four years, $178 million, when some dumbass team is going to sign you to that? There's going to be teams lined up out the door to do that. Honestly, if the Mavericks had that option, I'd think about it. About to say that. I would be on board with the Mavericks giving them four for one or five for 178, whatever it is. Sit out all next year, dude. Lucas 20. Take your time, bro. Come on. Yeah, we just did it with Chris Dapps. Take your time. I just I think that's absurd. I, I get Josh. I agree with what you're saying from a business standpoint. That obviously that's the guaranteed money for KD, but I just don't think it's realistic that he's going to stay there. Yeah, I mean from a both logic them, standpoint. Listen, both of them. Both here. Let me tell you about the logic standpoint. He's given up over a hundred million over the past four years signing with the Warriors in order to compete for championships. Correct. If he re-signs his player option, he's going to have a hundred percent time better chance to compete for a championship in the next two years when he comes back than if he takes that five-year. Because if he takes a four-year or a five-year of guaranteed $178 million, he goes to the Knicks. They don't do anything. He's locked in. He can't do anything about it. He can say, I want to trade, and then they trade him off to some crappy team for some assets. Like, he wants to compete for championships. He's historically proven that. This is the best way that he can shoot, put himself in the future to, or put himself wait. in a place where he can compete for the championships. That's true. So the, only thing, the only reason why he would ever sign an ex- a five-year extension is if he thinks that he will never be the same player that he is. And KD has never shown me anything in his mind that says that he is that he believes that he's not the greatest. Correct, but, but he's never torn his Achilles in season 12. Right, exactly. So that's the, that's the only thing that it could – that's the only reason why he would take it is because he does not believe that. And I just don't see that out of him. I see, he's fighting, I think, with, he's I think, fighting with five-year-olds on Twitter about whether or not he's the, he's the best. Like he is, he is not going to change his mind about whether or not he's going to be able to come back and be one of the greatest. But you're tell- And that's so- why he's going to opt in. But you're telling me, so you're telling me that he doesn't want to take a pay cut, which he's been open about, which I agree with that. He is taking a pay cut by su- opting in with Golden State in that case because he's going to pay. No, I'm saying that he does want to take a pay cut in order to win. You're, just, you're, Josh is saying he's okay with taking a pay cut in order to win because he's proven that and he's done it the last three or four seasons. However, to, to, to Justin's point, he's been pretty adamant about saying this next contract, he does not want to take a pay cut. Right. And that's ultimately year over year. He's making more money. He can't sign a five-year extension in any case. His bird rights are gone. He has said that he can sign a five-year extension, but or not extend. He can sign a five-year extension, but he doesn't get a maximum deal. He doesn't, right. he doesn't get a super max. Right. He can sign a five-year 178. Okay. Anywhere. I thought you were, um, I thought that's what you were saying. I thought you were saying like a five-year max at that point. That's where I was trying to get your attention earlier because I was I wanted to make sure I was clear on what you were saying. No, he can sign a five-year sign a five year at 35%, which would come out to about 178, about like so, LeBron's contract. So, Josh, what not your scenario is, is he opts in here, takes less money, which he said he will not do. 
He's he's going to take less money to rehab on Golden State's dime for a year and then leave and then go sign in free agency somewhere else, another four or five-year deal, however that works out. Is that what you're saying? No, I think he goes and signs a one-year or two-year and holds that team hostage to put a good team around him. Plus, he has the lay of the land and can choose who he wants to go to, just like he was going to do this year. Dude, that's taking less money, though. That's but taking, he's done it. He's he's historically taken less money in order to try to win and go to a good team. And he's openly said that he will not do that again. So but this that is was gonna, when he thought he could have his cake and eat it too by taking a, a max deal right. and having another p- player come play with him. That's why it was all about the teams that had multiple max deal contracts. And that space. Could, like, but that could he still thought happen. he could have both of them. He can't have both of them anymore. Now he has one or the other, and I think that he is going to choose to play for a winning team until he has the chance to possibly have both of them next year. I think it's going to come down to how healthy does he think he's going to be in the future. That's exactly right. That's exactly what it will come down to. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter what you think is going to happen in that case. He thought he was going to play 27 minutes last night, too. Right, that's where I was going to go with that. So so what what I'm saying is why if, if a team's throwing four years, $178 million at you right now, and you don't know what's going to happen with this leg, you have no idea... Like, ultimately, we just don't know how that'll shake out. Why would you not take that? Like, given that you could take $35 million and be done after the one year. That just doesn't make sense. Because you can p- not play a minute next season, take $31 million, and then get the exact same contract next season and go to whatever team you want. But what happens if, if rehab doesn't go well? What happens if it turns into a Greg Oden yeah, type situation? Yeah, I don't know if he gets that contract. That right. Much. Like, that. that's the risk you take. That's a lot of fucking he risk. Might. You were right. just telling me you were just telling me that you would take a you would give a KD a four year one seventy coming off of this injury let him sit for a year you'd rather yeah. have oh no 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 dead money for an entire year than you would get him next year exact same situation no. except for you don't have to have a dead year no no Josh I wouldn't do that teams will do that <laughs> I'm saying that's right, what I'm saying he's not gonna not gonna accept that. Uh, that he can do the exact same thing this year that he'll or next year that he can do this year and next year he'll get to choose who he goes to and sign a one year. But there are no guarantees with that. Is my is my point. Whereas there's he a guarantee here of 178 fucking million dollars. If he doesn't, how do you? How are there no guarantees there? He doesn't have to play a game next year and people will pay him that. Right. So I think okay. it's a lot more realistic for him to get the five for 178 this year and sit out that year in rehab with that team than to sit out a year on Golden State and be guaranteed and know for a fact he's going to get fired for 178. He might, but it might be also from a team that's a shit show that he doesn't want to go to. I just For him, I think it could end a lot worse. I think he has a lot more to lose. It's a, it's a high risk, high reward for him to, to take that uh, option and stay on Golden State. Here's the other thing, though. No superstar is going to sign with KD this year. Correct, because of that. Yeah, that's that, so, that changes a lot of stuff. Yeah. That is why he'll wait till next year to do it. Okay. One thing I, I just can don't tell think you that's though, the case, but I uh, you we'll might be right, Josh. You might be right that KD takes that option. I I don't think Clay Thompson leaves that team. I don't either. I mean, they they, they can't because I mean, well, let, let, look at this, Josh. Let's say they have 150 million of luxury tax next year. Katie's gone after that. So then that luxury right. tax gets reduced greatly, correct? Uh, yes, but you yeah. still have to sign Dre the year after that. That's fine, but yeah, that's a one-year hit. He's not going to get KD money. He's going to get good money, but he's not going to get KD money because he's going to be, you know, with the type of guy he is. I mean, I think before this play- immaculate playoff run, we all agreed his skill set was diminishing quickly. If he gets True. all NBA next year, um, he he's going to get a super max. He's not going to. If he gets all defensive team, he has the ability to get a super max. Correct. Um, so that's... That has big implications. They're gonna have to resign. I mean, dude, they're they're they would still be paying less than the fucking Miami Heat, right? Like teams pay that kind of sack. Yeah, like that it, kind of it's insane. Tax, man. Like it's I not, agree, I I absolutely agree with you that it doesn't make like it doesn't feel like it makes business sense. But this is all about money when it comes down to it. And that's the, the Heat are under a repeater tax, so they pay less than what the Warriors will. Well, no, they, they, I'm saying, but what, what I'm trying to say though to you, Josh, is I, I don't know the numbers, man. But what I'm trying to say is Miami paid 153 million this year and didn't even make the fucking playoffs. So yeah. for if Gold State pays 190, I'm talking total total salary and just gets wrecked on that, who gives a shit? Because they're probably going to make the finals again. And they're doing Especially right by KD. It gets blown up. 
So the other thing that you're you're guessing is going to happen is that Clay is going to turn down his bird rights and a, and a max deal. Um, so you have to say Clay has to turn down a max deal and then they have to pay 115 million for him for one year. Well, but he didn't. Yeah, I think Clay will take a discount. I, I we've, both, we've both said that before, Josh. Like, I think you think Clay wants to be there, right? Yeah, I think he does, but I just—it's just not possible. It is possible. You keep saying it's impossible, but it's absolutely it's, possible. It's it's it's, it's not possible. Um, it's, you're you're gonna have to pay more more for one year of one player than an entire salary. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a cost of doing business in the NBA. It's not the cost of doing business. It's the cost of doing stupid business. Who would pay more for one player than an entire team? You're a talking team about four, it. four rings out of the last five years. Exactly. They, don't care, they don't care if they get more rings. They care about making money. Right. That's, that's how you make money. That's how you, you make money. money. You don't have to have a new championship in order to build or your new stadium in order to get a championship. But, like you make money by getting the playoffs. You don't make any more money by winning championships than you do by getting into the playoffs. That and is absolutely not true. What are you saying? The that's, that's not true. Josh, they, you don't get direct revenue because you get paid the same for playoff games. One, you're playing more playoff games, so you actually get, do get more direct revenue. But I understand what you're saying is an NBA Finals game pays you the same revenue to a team that game one of round one does. Right. But when you win a championship, it increases your global brand. It increases your exposure, which does increase your valuation. Yeah, that's, that's my true. point. You know what I'm saying? Like rings do add value, even though it may be indirectly uh, and not, not instantaneously, it adds value. So I genuinely do believe that they would bite the bullet for a year. And I do believe Clay will play for, so what would they give Clay? Like Write this down then. 95? We'll we'll see who's we can we can see who's right. Yeah, um, no, I love this. Write this down. If Kevin Durant resigns, Clay Thompson is out of the Warriors. Yeah, I'll remember that. You told me yeah. that, and I think that I won't forget that because I, I you know what? I fucking hope Clay go, comes to Dallas. Yeah, I just don't fair. see it happening. No, but I don't if either. he leaves, if he leaves though, let's not. I don't want to go stray from the Warriors too much, but if he leaves, I think he stays West Coast. I don't. I don't hate that. I don't know where he goes, but you're not going to pay 115 million for one player. Okay. For one year. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I just... One I, year. That's Josh, not even counting I, the rest of his contract. Josh, I absolutely agree with you. The whole notion of it is insane, but they put themselves in this position. That's what happens to teams with these one-in-one -one deals is that you put yourself in that that risk spot to have to take on that kind of thing. That's just they haven't happens. put themselves in that position, though. They just have to say no. Well, I, like if I, they I, signed the contract, then they put themselves... No, they that, will that's never what I'm saying. Win a, they will not win a championship in the next 10 years if Clay Thompson's not on their roster. I agree with that. He's not going. Yeah, I agree with that. But they're not going to pay 115 million for him for one year. I yeah, I disagree. But we'll we'll that's see. A two, that's a 200. That's a 200 million dollar contract, dude. <laughs> for a person for a person that's not even top five. Oh my gosh! Think about how important he's been in this series, though. His I mean, importance is top five. I texted you guys that last night, and I was fucking right because he made two out of the three. I said, dude, I trust Clay more than Steph right now in this series. I've I've Nobody been saying. Else. I want pulling more than Clay in this series, and that includes Kawhi. I've been saying he's the most underrated player in the league for the past three years. I've been I, nobody's a bigger Clay fan than me, but two hundred million dollars for a contract like that's more than Steph is. Steph is guaranteed right now. Steph has the biggest contract of all of in the history of the league. But Correct. it's one year. I just I I can't get past. No, that. it's one hundred fifteen million for one year, and the entire contract will cost them more than two hundred fifty two hundred million. Probably so, but you got to hope the cap goes up, and you got to hope that business keeps well, booming. You, like you that's made, the idea. Well, if KD walks and you don't sign Draymond, Josh, that's not the case. That's right. Yeah. So, but why, I wouldn't think you sign, why wouldn't you he, sign Draymond? Because you can win with Clay and stuff. And you, you can also, find another. You can find another Draymond. You can. You can find another dude that rebounds really well, play hard, and can pass. Okay. You can't I mean, find another Clay. Okay, man, well, Draymond, on. It's, it's hard to find another Draymond. Is it easier to find another Draymond or another Clay Thompson? Yeah, it's way easier to find another Draymond. That's I think there's one on the Orlando Magic right now. But um, I would like Miles to note. I would like to note real quick that we've gone. I don't know how many episodes now. Forty-three episodes, and Josh is defending Draymond at this point, and Kyle and I are against that. And that is not where we started. I just need to stop that down for a second because that's really important the to tables know. Have turned. I just I pulled love the it. Bob Myers on Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start fake crying just to get my point across. I just I, I like to note these landmark type things and and I mean Josh has kind of give us an irreplaceable type mark on Draymond right now. So I'm I'm impressed. 
let's let's get back to basketball though. What do we see that. happening in in the finals? I mean, are we gonna sit here and just say no way Golden State loses at home three games in a row? No way they lose like the same way we're confident. No way they lose in game four. Yeah, right, dude, I'm fifty fifty on tomorrow on uh yes tomorrow right yes on tomorrow's game. I mean, or excuse me Thursday's game. It's gonna be. I would lean. I guess I'll go fifty-one forty-nine Warriors, but that stat that I gave you of them shooting twenty for forty-two from yeah. three, and then and the Raptors shoot eight for thirty-two, and it's a one-point game. Like, and the Raptors have traveled well all postseason, so I, I think it's gonna be tough, man. Yeah, no, that's true. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I'm sticking with Toronto. I had Toronto in seven. I'm gonna stick with that. Um, I mean, the so Golden State wins. What is it? if so? If Golden State wins tomorrow, Josh. What has to happen? Like the step for Golden to, State to win. Yeah. What like has to happen like i think i mean nuclear clay, clay show up. yeah steph or clay have to go for like 45 and it's game six so this is nuclear clay time you know what happened the last time that clay thompson was down at three two after being down three one in game six i'm sure you're gonna tell me yeah i can't wait to hear can you guess what <laughs> can you guess what it is or uh can you guess what i'm about to refer to is no i can't he had hold on is that the game he had like 11 threes that was the game that he played. He OKC was the one that was down. Oh, uh, oh shit! He had like six threes and like had sixty. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he had six three pointers in like two minutes. I was like, "Is this guy the fucking best player in the league?" Remember Actually, how I'm we sorry. were? Sorry, he only, he only had forty-one. Man, it felt like he had a freaking sixty. Um, I, was like, I, I was about to yeah, say because like, remember how I was just breaking down about the whole 60-40 split thing <laughs> that uh, same, that would definitely help things. Anyone's ever scored sixty in a finals game before? Yeah, that, well, that was, <laughs> or, that uh, was Western Conference finals. finals. Yeah, man, he went uh, he went eleven for eighteen from the three point line that night. Had forty one um, on thirty one shots. Only shot two free throws. Wow, wow, forty one points, wow. only two free throws. I would like to see James Harden do that. Yeah. Okay. So Josh, you've got Toronto and seven still. I, I like that pick. I think that makes. I've a got lot of Toronto sense. and seven, and Clay's dropping thirty-five at least this game. Okay, I'm. Yeah. I really feel like it's a bad. Uh, <laughs> there have been several bad omens here overall, but the whole losing this last game at home is devastating to Toronto. I feel like, and, like the way the wind got sucked out of that place, and now it's going back to Oracle. I mean. I mean, I've been saying it for years. I just can't bet against them. Like, I just can't do it. Like, not, I don't know how they seem to always find that way to win. I mean, good teams gut out ways to win. That's all I can really say. I also understand that the numbers are very much against them, and a lot of things need to fall the right way for that to happen. I do think that they win game six, but I have a, I don't know. I, I, I feel like game seven is a toss up. But I lean a little bit Golden State, but kind of like Kyle, maybe 51 49 kind of thing. So, a long way to say that. I agree with you. I mean, I'm just excited, man. I think this is the best finals that we've had. 2016 was great because it was LeBron winning in Cleveland. So, probably the best since then. And then the you had the crazy Ray Allen shot uh, on the yeah. Heat against the Spurs. But, you know, this is, and then the Mavs was a great story. So, this is probably the. Third, one of the one of the best, third or fourth best finals in the last fifteen years. I mean, it's really exciting, and it's just a nice change of pace that we knew was going to come this year. Right, and it's truly the best two teams that are gutting it out. Both Correct, of them. both of them in very different ways. And if KD was healthy, you'd probably have the two best players in the world. Josh still, Josh still thinks Milwaukee's the best team in the league. I can tell. <laughs> my face. Yeah, he's like, I like my, got like whiplash looking back at the screen. It's like, no, they're not, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It's good stuff. All right. Well, I guess we will get out of here. We'll do another episode here in the next couple of days because we'll know something one way or the other. So we'll probably be back by the weekend, I have a feeling. Yeah, I mean, we'll follow up either after uh, Raptors win game six or we'll preview game seven for you guys and maybe try to do some live stuff because that's going to be a, a hell of a scene if it gets there. Also, I feel like I have to title this episode as Skip and Shannon because me and Josh were – we're going hard at each other. No, all in good fun, of course. <laughs> I'm always the media, which is I weird. Because I, I don't want to be associated with that. I'm probably <laughs> more confrontational in real life than either of you, but I'm always the mediator, which I find really entertaining. It's really a good thing we have you because I feel like we'd just sit here and argue for hours and hours, and there would never be any resolve. I was about when y'all were arguing today in the group text. I was going to send that Homer Simpson gif of him just disappearing into the bushes. <laughs> Did you, highly uncomfortable here boys what yeah. was it that your your buddy said that i sent the gif where he was like 
What was it that your buddy was arguing about? That uh, Kawhi Leonard's – or that Kevin Durant's not a top two player in the NBA? Oh, no, it oh, was yeah. that uh, Kawhi is a better player than Kevin Durant. And you guys were going off, and I just sent the Homer Simpson gift going back into the bushes. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, I don't even want to have that yeah. discussion. But, yeah, we'll be we'll be back uh, either after game – or we'll, we'll come back after game six and yeah. recap what we saw, win or loss for uh, Golden State. All right, boys. We'll see you then. See you guys.